names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined here by Harrison Fagan. Um, just a little bit of warning here on this one. I am a little crabbier than usual because I have been fighting with Costco about the delivery of uh, a bed set that we ordered. And this was potentially going to be a, a misfortune. I just think it's something I can just kind of laugh at really quickly, and then we'll get to the vibes around the Lakers, the never-ending list of guards that the Lakers are trying to find minutes for, um, and and then Jeannie Buss uh, accusing anybody who questions her leadership of misogyny. Um, so we're going to, we do have a, a packed show, but I'm a little extra crabby because we I should be sleeping on a nice brand new bed and bed frame and all of that stuff. Um, it, the nice thing about when you get stuff delivered is they'll give you like these windows of when it's supposed to be delivered, right? So initially it was uh, Thursday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or no, Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then... Uh, when I called to see if I can get a tighter window so that we don't have to be sitting here about like, hey, uh, you know, wait, waiting for at, at that point, they might as well have just said it will be here at some point today. It's the Cedric you the know, Entertainer like, thing. Like, I'm going to be there when I'm going to be there. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> like, what does 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. accomplish? You know, it's like there's that's like there's like maybe like Workday. four other hours of the day that people are still working. Like, yeah, that right. Doesn't, so, yeah, so your window's the entire workday. Right, know? right. So, like, so that's that was it. That was you know annoying enough, right? And then when I called to check in on on the uh, getting a tighter window, they said, "Oh, actually, it's going to be it. We don't know when it's going to get there." I'm like, "Where's my bed stuff, guys? <laughs> like, we don't know." <laughs> So I honestly, I would imagine that these are, well, I can let you finish, but I was going to, I I have a good segue. I would imagine that these are similar to the conversations that you're imagining LeBron having with like Russ. LeBron's wondering, you know, like when his problem is going to be shipped out and, you know, Russ is like, it'll (laughs) it'll get done when it gets done. Well, right. Like that's what, and, and so like I was thinking, I was thinking and like the, I guess to just kind of put the finale on it, the, 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 the misfortune part of this is that I had actually taken apart the bed frame that Jen and I used to sleep on oh, no. in order in order to give it to my daughter. My daughter, like Avery is now, it's, it's hilarious. She's sleeping on a king size bed. She's a three-year-old. She's sleeping on a king size bed and bed frame um, while Jen and I are sleeping on a mattress on the floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Costco, thank you, assholes. But anyways. And, and again, Costco for the price of a live read. We can make all this go away. We'll retroactively go back <laughs> yeah. and cut that whole intro. I'll just, I'll okay? just let yeah, tell everybody it's, it's, it's great stuff. But so Order from Costco, we love their mattresses, especially. <clears throat> right, and and I was thinking, I was thinking yesterday or while I was watching the game, like why? Because the vibes right from the get were kind of weird, right? Like the vibes surrounding the team were just kind of like off. I thought, and then the you games to start last night. Yeah, last night. 
Okay. I thought like like even even like right at the beginning of the game, it was just kind of like not quite right, especially given that the Lakers have offered plenty of reason for optimism. I think this preseason, I thought I thought like before last night, there was plenty of reason for optimism. Um, we did and a then, whole podcast yesterday or last week talking about how like you know Russ deserves credit and yeah. for being a professional and yeah. everybody's handling this as well as they can and the team has looked okay. You know they right. just need to shoot a little better and you know. Yeah, and so I, I just thought I just thought like there was there was decent reason to to kind of like how preseason has played out so far. Apparently, the Lakers disagree. <laughs> well, Anthony, what you got to understand is that Darvin Ham he said that Wednesday was going to be like a dress rehearsal, and yeah. so he's like, "All right, starters, you got to play real bad." Uh, just like <laughs> li- like no spacing, no one hit any shots. We are getting yeah. the fans prepared for this happening sometimes during the regular season. We are rehearsing how we react. And I would say, you know, first run through of reactions to the rehearsal did not go that well. But, (laughs) you know, there's room for improvement. You know, the vibes can only go up from here. Yeah. Maybe. So so I was go down. So I was (laughs) trying to think like why why were the vibes as off as they were like at right at the beginning of the game? The game hadn't even I can understand like over the course of the game why they were there would be some frustration. It's really hard to play with three guards in the NBA, especially if those guards aren't necessarily offering the things that you, the advantages that you hope to get by going small. Um, I, I, you know, I could understand if there was a frustration that that popped up like over the course of the game, but I thought like right from the get, it was kind of off. And the reason I mentioned my bed thing is because like I was sitting here and you know, the first night that we're Sitting getting ready on the floor on your, no, like as, as I, right. Like we're getting ready for bed. I'm, we, you know, we're brushing our teeth. We're, we're getting ready to like lie down or whatever. And then I look over and it just looks like my college bedroom all over again. And it's just the vibes just immediately, you know, and, and, and I just think it's one thing to know that you're in an unfortunate situation, right? It's one thing to be annoyed at the fact that Costco apparently lost a $3,000 bed set. They have no idea where this yeah, thing they, is. It'll be there at some point, okay? <laughs> You're being unreasonable. <laughs> like, like, uh, 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 you know, it's one thing to be annoyed at that situation, but then to be faced with it, right? To actually find yourself in the middle of a situation where I look on the, on the, on the monitor and Avery looks snug in a bed in a bed frame that I used to love. Like she just looks as happy as can be. And I'm lying there miserable in this bed. Like, of course, when you're faced with that reality, the vibes are going to change. And I think like, as we have gone, I, I, I think like media day, and I think the, at the opening of training camp and at the opening of preseason games where, um, full minutes aren't necessarily an issue that yeah it was easy for everybody to kind of put a a brave face on and and face the day but now that that situation is upon them i think that's why the vibes kind of sucked (laughs) i i love this conspiracy theory i like you know like once you said it 
in in Slack earlier. I was I was addicted. I'm like, this is <laughs> you know, I I because I, everybody was present. They're like, Anthony, like, what is your like? Why do you think that the vibes just suddenly got bad? And then you actually had a reason. You didn't just come and you're just like, oh, I just saw these clips on Twitter, you yeah. know, of Russ like re- refusing a high five, like Josh Harding, Patrick Beverly, yeah, and you know, Russ not standing in a huddle, which apparently like he's done for his whole career. You know, yeah, I like that. That's now, the defense. I like that. Rustin, like, <laughs> Rustin's are like, no, he's just been an asshole this whole time. Like, <laughs> it's and not also, new. Like, all their photos were of him on the outside of the huddle, but with a hand still in it. And yeah, this like, video was of him like in the corner of the court, like not walking over. Literally not on the court, Harrison. He was yeah. beyond the baseline. <laughs> a great, great catch again, like by you know, like our our friend at uh, at SSR, Nicole Ganglani, um, yeah. on someone's Instagram. Um, and it just, it's weird. It's weird. And, yeah. You know, like, is it just, you know, is it just Dennis Schroeder showing up to the game, just like ultimate <laughs> bad vibes guy? He's he just like, shows up and puts a dead fish in everybody's locker. <laughs> he's just like, he showed up and he's like, I'm starting and I'm getting $72 million extension. Like, everybody's like, what? We got to deal with this guy all year? I thought you learned, Dennis. <laughs> and he's like the Lakers never offered me that extension that I turned down. I mean that I didn't turn down. Uh, you know, it's just <laughs> Right, right. There was never an extension. I did a, I did a whole bag fumble Instagram post because <laughs> I didn't fumble a bag. Like that's fake news. Um, can I can no, I also I mean, like just... quick aside, quick aside. I I love on Twitter when an athlete will cuz people actually like bought that from Dennis, right? People are like, oh, see, see, Rob didn't even, because like right now, everything that Rob does is under a microscope, right? And the fact that he offered Dennis Schroeder, who is now on a minimum, $84 million doesn't really reflect very yeah, well. Yeah, sorry, 84. I said yeah. 72, it was 84, yeah. I, I've made that mistake in the past too. It, but like the fact that this guy- the Luol Deng contract, I think. Which is crazy. Like, <laughs> Bobby anyway. was 64, anyway. <laughs> But like when, when, like, cause right now people are like, you know, myself included are, are looking at the entirety of Rob Palenka's time to this point and kind of trying to examine, like, is this guy, is there value added by employing Rob Palenka? I don't think there is for what it's worth, but, but, um, I, you know, as, as, you know, Dennis Schroeder goes out there and says there was never a contract offered. My mentions recently have been bombarded by people who were saying, see, see you and the media made it up. You and the, it's like. So, like, we just don't think athletes can lie? Like, also, is this that like Ricky Gervais 90, movie? <laughs> well, even that aside, I'm like 90% sure Dennis talked about why he was rejecting the extension on yeah. the record that season. Like, I don't Yeah. Think... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's admitted like, to saying, like, times, that was a mistake. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of us, I don't know if his agent was like, hey, just lie. Just people forget. His, his new agent, um, yeah. you know, because he's not rep by the same agent. Ooh, but, uh, maybe that's what he's saying. That, that yeah. like, uh, with his current agent, no $84 million offer has been made. In which case, fair enough, Dennis. You got um, it. I think, you know, I don't I don't know that I buy that that's completely the reason for last night. You know, some of yeah. this stuff, like, to be as fair as we possibly can, sometimes we can microanalyze this stuff. Totally. You know. Especially if we're looking for stuff. Like, like you have been good like, to point there's out. There's been there's been additional context that has come out about the rust clips that looked pretty bad on their face that maybe mm-hmm. makes them slightly better, slightly more defensible. You can yeah. still read into it. It's, it's a Rorschach test still where you can read into it however you want to, but yeah. maybe it's not actually as bad 
you know, as it sort of looked. Um, I know that you are always going to be looking for the negatives in anything because that's what you do in the media, um, you know, but <laughs> you're not media anymore. No, I'm not. I've I've transcended. Um, <laughs> I, I, but until last night, with how weird everything was, you know, yeah. which you can read about on Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation. You know, we've written this up. You know, these various videos. If you somehow miss them, um, until last night, with all these weird vibes and seeing all the extra stuff this morning, I was ready to come on here and argue. Like Rob is crazy like a fox, and he's <laughs> he's played he's played this whole situation like a fiddle, and yeah. uh, you know, leverage is swinging back over towards Robbie P. But, you know, if everyone is, like, on the verge of apparently potentially, like, Draymond Green and Jordan pooling each other every single time they, like, take the court with, yeah. like, that level of simmering tension. Do you, think, do you think the Lakers are not allowed to, like, fist bump out of, like, for, for everybody's safety? Like, do you think... I think that's a new NBA protocol. I think they sent around an email. They're like, look, no raised oh. fists when you're walking towards anyone. Yeah. We don't want, you know, Draymond or anyone else to get the wrong idea. Like, yeah. you know, like, do just... you think... Do you think that no it's like all bumps. all air fives from now on? Just, just, handshakes, just to be actually. safe. Strong, strong handshakes. No, strong no, that's it. No, because then Patrick Beverly would definitely break Russell Westbrook's hand. <laughs> Pat Bev definitely seems like I'm gonna pull you in on the handshake type of guy. Oh like, no, I just definitely... think it's like super firm. Like Adrian Peterson is a kind of like literally famous for this in, in football circles that like he gives these handshakes and his intent is to hurt you. Like that most people just try to like just go for the fist bump with Adrian Peterson if they've heard this stuff before because he will go out of his way to squeeze your hand so hard that you walk away and you're like rubbing your knuckles. Yeah, that that I don't know like why I know that Bev thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but you know, I, I it's just weird. It's weird that this is kind of happening again and that it's weird that nothing has happened and that they're at, well, I guess some things have happened. A lot of the roster got turned over, but it's just, I, I still find myself in disbelief that we are on the verge of the season and they're really going to go into it with Russ on the roster. And, you know, I, I think in some ways, like Rob may have sort of predicted the way that the market was going to shift a little bit in that, you know, everybody that feels like they have them over the barrel all summer, they're asking for two firsts, any move, two firsts, you're desperate, you're GMing for your job, yeah. you need this. The leak that he got the extension comes out and it's like, wait a second, like this is coming out right on the heels of that, you know, insane kind of pre-draft exhibition, you know, showdown between Wembenyana and Scoot Henderson and these guys. And, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, there's going to be a tank race like we've never seen. Like, I do think that there's a potential here that Rob played this exactly perfectly, you know, in a vacuum where now again in a vacuum that are sort of, you know, coming to him and they're almost like bidding for Russell Westbrook. They're like, we will give you these good players because they are helping us get wins and we yeah. don't want them on our roster like just give us a pick and russ and we'll just send him home and we're good to go or you know we'll have him play and we'll still tank and you know yeah. it's just like and he just like won't join any huddles with our team um and <laughs> you know it, it's just in a vacuum that all makes sense and i was ready to make that argument and just say like i think you're being too hard on rob i think that you know he may have handled this as well as he possibly could have mm -hmm. over the course of the summer and i i was willing to issue a mea culpa like i was critical that they just needed to get a deal done there's no way you can go into the season with this all that stuff i, I think you know the way that they've played it is going to lead to i think a better westbrook trade than they could have made all summer but it's just now it's a matter of like are you going to tank the first half of the season to do it? Like, are you going to, you know, shoot yourself in the foot 
to get a better deal on running shoes. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, it's I, like, yeah, you got the running shoes for $20 off, but you can't run in them now because you're out of the playoff hunt. Like, so, so I'm glad that you used the phrase in a vacuum, right? Yeah, because it's in a vacuum, it makes sense. But then, like, when if these guys come in and they're, like, actually not interacting with each other and the team doesn't work and it doesn't yeah. make sense, then it's like, you know, that's not great either. Yeah, if the Lakers were literally operating in a vacuum and they couldn't talk to each other, so the expectation would be that they wouldn't talk to each other, then, like, yeah, this, would, this might make some sense. But this has been... The theme, I think, like, I think there's two things that I, I, I'm going to like whenever Rob is, you know, mercifully out of my basketball life, um, I'm going to look back on on his tenure. And the two things I'm going to identify him with is star bleepery, right? Like just unending pursuit of stardom above any, any all, star, former, current, above all of well, Harrison, as this is going on. Like there are reports out there and, and I have heard similar things that the Lakers are sitting here waiting for the Bulls to fail so that they can go and get DeMar DeRozan. And it's like. Or or get Tyree he, Irving next summer. Although again, yeah. like Anthony, he's not in their future plans. You know, or, they're not or, willing to admit to the media that they're yeah. like waiting for Kyrie Irving. So or Draymond Green. Like that, is, yeah. is, you know, like it, it, it's just like the. So, like the the that's one thing that I'm going to remember Palenka for. The thing. Do you want to criticize him for wanting good players? Got it. Uh, sure. Fine. If you want to frame it like that, sure. Uh, I, 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 it's fine to want all no, of these start good of a players. strong argument. Go ahead. Keep going. He, he you're, never, you're he never ever, ever gets those good players is, is kind of like, it's like, he, <laughs> it's like, I, I you know, anyway, but, but so that's, that's one thing I'm going to remember him for. But, and then the other thing I'm going to remember him for is how often we were forced to analyze the Lakers in vacuum sealed bags because that's the only way that his off season seemed to make any sense. Uh, and this is just the latest example of yes, waiting this out and waiting for Indiana or like Charlotte, I think is going to become part of the yeah, conversation Charlotte again. Like, Charlotte is one I've been thinking about a lot more this week. It's like yeah. a team that's like, wait a second, we're kind of screwed, right? We should probably just like make sure that we don't get any wins. Right. You know? uh, so, so that's, you know, Charlotte might approach them. Uh, Utah might approach them. Like all of these teams that want to be in the, the Wimbenyama sweepstakes, like the, they are going to approach the Lakers at some point and say, hey, these guys are helping us win too often. Can we, can we trade them to you for only the one pick? You know, you guys didn't want to give up both of your picks or whatever. Eventually those conversations might take place. I'm still not even sold that that's going to be the case though, because they still I'm do these, these executives do have to sell to their owner, like, and to their fans that they got a fair value. They got fair value when all summer they have told everybody who would listen that we are not making this deal for anything less than two first round picks from the Lakers. Right? So if they've set their own uh, expectations, then you know, walking those expectations back is going to take some explaining. And, and, and so like, it, you're right, Harrison, it might take place. It probably will take place, but it's going to be not painlessly on the other end of that phone. And, and meanwhile, though, as the Lakers wait for those potential, con again, still potential conversations to take place, we're going to be sitting here and watching Darvin Ham have to play 
the vast majority of these games with three guard lineups that don't space the floor like that's that's four guard lineups yeah like that's that's what we're gonna be you know and and and, you know i i just i don't understand how time after time after time after time it's this same complete misunderstanding of chemistry and and the intangible parts of the sport that the Lakers keep screwing up here. And the only reason they keep making that mistake is because they never get held accountable for making it in the first place. The chemistry thing is is an interesting point. And it's kind of wild just to think about that Rob, in his first full offseason as sort of the lead decision maker, assembled maybe the most chemistry-filled Lakers team that like the Lakers have ever had. And yeah. and then ever since then, it's just, it's just been like bad vibes kinks. Yeah. Well, but like, again, how how do we you want to frame I mean? like him? First no, Lakers absolutely. Was, yeah. But but like, I guess I, I miss you, Danny Green you, and Quinn Cook. And if you want to, Quinn Cook's available. Um, if you want to, if you want to give him credit, like I don't, I don't even need to have that conversation about whether or not he gets credit for putting that team together, right? Like. That's, that is, you know, I, I, people know where I stand on that people, most people stand on the other side of that. That's fine. I don't even care. But the fact that he went through that entire season, even if he, even if like you agree with me and say that he doesn't necessarily deserve full credit for that roster, he still had to experience that season and see how vibes really helped the Lakers, especially in the bubble where it was really important that teams got along because it was just teammate hanging out with teammate period. Like that's all they could do in Orlando and to go through that experience and then immediately turn that in to Dennis Schroeder, uh, demanding to start Montrez Harrell subtweeting every coach that he has ever had ever. And, and Except like doc. <laughs> yet, yet, no, I think he has subtweeted doc cause doc didn't you play him in right. the playoffs. So, so maybe right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, even if we want, even if you want to give credit to Polinka for that offseason that led to the championship, like him ignoring the things that made that team special has to be taken into account. And I think this this last preseason game, look, they might come out and look completely together, and Russ might actually it would be take so part. Funny after this podcast, if they came out yeah. and just looked unbelievable in the final like, preseason game, Russ is like Russ is hosting the huddle. Like he's yeah, <laughs> he's drawing up plays. I would honestly have so much respect for Russ if the next game he was like in the middle of the huddle, yeah. like lead it, like not even like everyone has their hands over him. He's like leading like a fiery pregame speech, just right. like a troll to the entire internet. Yeah, absolutely. Although uh, annoying Russ and like how much he like loves to be like, no, I'm like, like he, he next next game he's gonna like sit in the media section during the huddle, <laughs> you know, like no, he's gonna be on the other sideline. He's gonna be with the yeah. other group. He's gonna be in the yeah, other huddle, huddle. With the other team. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think, I, I don't know, I, it's it's always impossible. And I totally understand listeners or readers who are saying like, why are you guys, why do you guys care about vibes? Why does, why are you guys spending any energy whatsoever on body language and stuff like that? You don't know these people. And to, to the people who offer that analysis, I say like, you're right. I don't, I don't know these people, but I do know what it takes to like work on a functioning team. Like I, I do, I do know that like, yes, the NBA is not your typical workforce. 
I don't have to worry about you walking into my office at some point and punching me in the face and then me getting to having to tell my bosses that I'm over you punching in the punching me in the face so that you well, can continue you know my to help production. the team. You know, like you saw yeah. what was happening, like, you know, to the company with me not there. And you're like, you know, you, like <laughs> you saw Anthony Davis putting up crazy numbers on yeah. like, uh, like in traffic <laughs> and on his personal blog. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like I. But I, I, so yes, there are parts of the NBA culture that I, I will never understand or grasp or any of that. That's per, that's, I'm not an NBA player. Fine. But I do understand people and I do understand like what it takes for people to work together. And, and I'm sorry, but Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook hating each other for the vast majority of their entire careers. And then now trying to work it out together while in the background of all of them trying to work it out is well this is probably just temporary anyway like of course this is like that 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 is i think the biggest factor in all of this is that yeah it's like we, you know the, the lakers we, we are all, still not had, committing we've all had someone you know like at school or at work or you know wherever somewhere in life family member where it's like i can deal with this person for a couple of days it's not that big of a deal but yeah. then, you know, like you go on, you know, like you go on on like extended work trip or, you know, extended vacation or school field trip or whatever. And it's like, you know, you're out there for a while. And it's like, wait a second. Like, I, yeah. I, I it's like day three. You're like, I can't deal with this guy anymore. You know? Yeah. Just well, even even like, but on top of that. The thinking like when we go to Vegas, you know, I, like the first couple days, I'm like excited to see you. And then by like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, Anthony wants me to give him a ride somewhere again because he decided to fly. Like you're going to be at those places, too, Harrison. Hypothetically, I only ask for rides when you're going to the same place, you monster. But anyway, <laughs> But like it, it, imagine that though, right? Imagine if if you and I actually didn't get along. Imagine that, Harrison, right? We're we're we're, we're hard. It's hard this. to imagine, but I'll try. <laughs> but like, imagine you and I don't get along, and we have never gotten along over the course of our entire careers when we were competing against each other, and then when we're trying to work together, as as we try to work together, the understanding of us trying to work t together is that it's temporary. So there is no real incentive to make it work because in a couple weeks, you or I might be gone. Or in this yeah. case, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll probably, I'll be Westbrook in this, in this example, I'm going to be gone. Right. I mean, like I, in, I just think again, you know, I, I, I bring Pat Bev like intensity. So I, I do think <laughs> that it's a better comp. So, yeah, I don't know. I, do vibes like it was funny ricky um ricky o'donnell slacked me earlier uh this morning and because he's getting together his like post preseason you know pre regular season primer and his takeaways and stuff like that and he was at, like just kind of bouncing ideas off of me and one of the one of the ideas that i had was like i really think this is going to be one of those seasons where vibes really matter right like phoenix clearly not thrilled to have to coexist golden state has whatever the outcome of the only person who's actually going to be suspended or punished in any real way is the person who leaked the footage, not the person who committed aggravated assault. Um, the, like the, you can go across like Boston is going to have to figure out how to work with an interim coach. 
Um, and oh, by the way, don't forget, they were getting ready to trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant at one point in this last offseason. So like everywhere, like the, how much vibes will matter, we don't know. But we know that they are going to that they are going to matter. And I think here with the Lakers, this notion that the, that they could just go in and and make it work together with it understood that the Lakers are just waiting for some team to get desperate enough to take on Russ for one pick. Like that's not how the human brain works. That's not how we function as a people. We, we, we need to know if I'm going to commit to this person, if I'm going to commit to being productive with this person, it's got to be with a goal in mind. And if the goal in mind is, Hey, make it good until this guy is gone. Then that's not, that's not a good enough incentive to make it work especially if by the way the two people who hate each other the most are competing for the same minutes they play the same position (laughs) yeah (laughs) like none of this is going to function well yeah and you know i I know that we've gone a little longer than i think we even planned to on this topic but the the one point that i do want to sort of close and like you know make sure that i make uh, to just so that nobody's going crazy while they're listening to their cars like you know winning can cure a lot of this. I'm a hundred percent in agreement that like, you know, any Lakers fan who has been around for a long time knows the teams can have terrible vibes and be really good Mm -hmm. if, you know, they just fit really well together, but that's not really the case here. You know, we're like, you can't undervalue basketball fit and chemistry, you know? Yeah. Right. You can undervalue one or the other, but you can't undervalue both because if you're not Shaq and Kobe, yeah, (laughs) Shaq and Kobe hated each other. But they fit perfectly together on the yeah, basketball Shaq, court. Shaq is probably watching all this. He's like, wait, why are people mad at Draymond? <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. Like, I mean, I, I tried to punch Kobe once a week, you know, it was uh, during those times. Like, I mean, hell, like, you know, Kobe and Bynum had to patch stuff up before Powell was traded for. And they did because Kobe and Bynum fit pretty well on a basketball court before Bynum got hurt. Like, yeah, you're right. These things can get fixed over time. But again, though, like when Shaq and Kobe or Kobe and Bynum weren't getting not, I don't know if Kobe and Bynum weren't even not getting along. Kobe was just pissed that Bynum was 17 years old. But yeah, like Kobe just like was like ship his ass out. And yeah, I want Kevin Garnett instead of the super young center guy. Yeah, or like I, I was Jason Kidd. Yeah. Well, and and Garnett. And, like, and you know, KG, but um, but like they 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 still knew that the Lakers, especially Shaq and Kobe in like the third year of the three-peat when things were starting to fray, like Shaq and Kobe knew that the Lakers were still committed to those guys. There wasn't this notion that in the middle of the season at any time, the Lakers were going to be fielding offers for either Shaq or Kobe. And, and here that's not the case. Like there's everybody knows the fact that Rob Polinka, who doesn't give direct answers on anything, wouldn't like just could not get himself to say we are committed to Russell Westbrook. No, he did the whole like, oh, I'm always trying to make the team better and all this stuff, which is like Rob Polinka talk or general manager talk for. And yeah, also said, I haven't gotten and the right answer yet. Use that question to clear up the misconception that the Lakers were not willing to include both picks. Yeah, but you know, he wasn't answering whether or not he was willing to commit to Russ. Right. I don't know. I I just it's. It is what it is, and people are going to keep... And by the way, like this is only going to get worse. If the Lakers start slow or more of these clips surface of the Lakers clearly not seeming to be on the same page, 
Like this is the story isn't going anywhere. The only thing that can be going somewhere is Russell Westbrook and and those offers are still out there. And and fine if if Rob wants to wait a week or two into the season to 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 hopefully get this this magical offer that he hasn't gotten to this point, maybe that that comes to fruition. But the longer that he waits, the further he risks just losing this season as he that that can be salvaged by the I think there is talent on this roster. I I really like what Kendrick Nunn has brought to the table. Uh, before Lonnie Walker got hurt, I thought he was defending his ass off. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly seems to fit really well with LeBron and AD. And if the Lakers had like a center who could walk and talk and chew gum at the same time, that would seem to to kind of close out the, the rest of this rotation. If they had a shooter at the position called shooting guard, um, that would that would certainly really help this this uh, roster make a lot more sense than it currently does. And I think put the Lakers squarely into contention. Uh, I just, you know, like you're talking about, I think that was a great analogy. They, they, they've shot themselves in the foot in the hopes that they get a brand new pair of running shoes. <laughs> it's great. Um, I've learned it from you. I've learned from the best. You know, I've watched you do these on air, like land the plane analogies for a long time. <laughs> That's that's better. That's that's about as good as as I could possibly hope. Up, that's really you know? good. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to uh, another topic that that you know really kind of calms me down, <laughs> soothes me. You know, I have high blood pressure as it is. So like just hearing hearing stuff like this clip uh, come out is just it's exactly what my doctor prescribes for me. Who are your your, who is in your inner circle? There's so much conversation this yeah, time about I, who is you, in your inner circle. Yeah, people Buss. are like fascinated with with uh, that for some reason. For and some you reason. know, I could ask you, do you ever ask Mark Cuban who his inner circle is, or Joe Lacob who his inner circle is? It's just I, it, there's just Kurt something Lacob? about being a woman. I think that people feel like, oh, you know, what crutches does she need, or what does she lean on? because she's not capable of doing it herself. So, um, you know, I have um, great people that work with, that I work with. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, people seem most interested in Linda Rambis, who I've been working with for, you know, over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've operated in the same style since I started working, you know, with the organization and even before that with the Great Western Forum putting on events. And, um, you know, I build, I'm a leader. I'm not a dictator. I like to build consensus. I like to hear from, you know, everybody at the table. And uh, then ultimately it's, you know, people need to understand I'm the governor of the team and I'm held accountable for every decision that's made, both business and basketball. So if anything goes wrong, it's on my watch and I'm held accountable for it. And credit to Rich Eisen because, you know, as that clip continues, which is via Sirius XM on the Rich Eisen show, uh, he does kind of push back on on Jeannie trying to kind of sidestep the question by pointing to male owners or team governors who might not get that same line of questioning. He does say, actually, yeah, Jerry Jones does. Hal Steinbrenner Steinbrenner does. Hal Steinbrenner famously Hank Steinbrenner's son. Like, he gets those same questions, you know. Um, And, and like, I don't know. Of of all of the things that I thought that she said there, I think we do have to start by saying that 
she does experience a lot of misogyny. I think like yeah. whenever, every time I tweet something about Jeannie and Rob, there's some response like, well, of course, like Rob and Jeannie are sleeping together. And like, you wouldn't get that if Jeannie was a man and that's bullshit 100%. that that's, yeah. that that's like the, the, that that's what people jump on. Um, I told, and, and by the way, Jeannie had to wait to have this position that she completely earned or, or, or probably deserved more than Johnny, more than Jim. She had to wait until her fail son brothers failed <laughs> to, to have this opportunity, even though I mean, it goes in the title, they were going to eventually. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just, yeah. But like, like she, she, she does have like, you know, more education than, than Jim does. She did work her way up through the organization. Um, and, and, and take all of the steps necessary to eventually get this position in ways that like Jim sucked at horse gambling and his dad was like, Hey, stop losing my money that way. Come try to run the Lakers with me and I'm making you executive fail son in chief. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, like, of course. And, and I, I totally one zillion percent understand why Jeannie would attack this line of questioning that way i like i think it's really important that we start there because and like, just to add to she, that her really experiences quickly, had to have been tough yeah go for it i i also think that there is a good amount of that in the linda rambis criticism yes like this is yeah. something that i've written about when her name comes up like this is one of again like this is one of the points that i sort of agree with genie on like the focus on linda rambis when you know I, i'm not sure that there's really been a a concrete report that she is like involved in basketball operations or like, you know, like sometimes she's in these meetings or whatever, but that's like, I think that's more typical than people realize that there's like yeah. marketing or people in other capacities in these organizations. Yeah, I mean, it's, of course of like it's all tied yeah. in these meetings and interviews as like a vibe check type of person or just like, this person's going to work at our company. And so like, they are going to be in this. Like I have never once heard, you know, the, any like inclination that Linda Rambis is like out here dictating basketball decisions. That's what right. Kurt's for. Um, and like that sort of brings us to, I, I think, you know, where I think you and I probably both disagree with this like defensiveness a little yeah. bit. Well, the only time that she has really been strident all off season is anytime there's any questioning of the people that she employs, mm -hmm. right? Like the only time that she will show a little bit of fire is even Russ, the most valuable Laker last year <laughs> the most <laughs> until she was texted and then retexted that like, no, I mean, maybe she just meant like highest pay. Like he was the most valuable on like the payroll. Like he yeah. had accumulated highest, the most value for himself. Yeah. Highest personal value. Yeah. On the, on the team last year. Yeah. I, but, um, yeah, where, where I, I think Linda actually is a pretty good jumping off point here because, uh, you're a hundred percent right that if Linda Rambis, so for example, Tim Harris, right. Is somebody who, um, has worked with Jeannie for a really, really long time, um, has his position in large part because of that relationship does have legitimate, like say in these and does from uh, various accounts does actually impart like his power over some of these basketball decisions. Uh, nobody cares about Tim Harris. I, for a lot of people, they might be being, they might be hearing Tim Harris and <laughs> for the first turn for the first time right now. 
right? Former professional soccer goalie, Tim Harris. Right. Who, like, yeah. So uh, I think that, that I think is, is a good counter example for like why Jeannie and, and by the way, like the other reason Jeannie gets defensive of Linda is because Linda's her best friend. Linda yeah. was like, she is, she is her longest standing friend in, in a family, by the way, that as, as documented in this Hulu uh, thing that like her family, it's been really difficult for her to find mm-hmm. closeness in her family. So she probably sees Linda as a legitimate sister because her actual legitimate sisters and her actual legitimate siblings have been sources of a lot of drama in her life. Uh, and so I think, I think Linda though is a good jumping off point here because like if, if, if Jeannie was to ask, why do I care about Linda? I would say, well, because she empowers Kurt. Kurt Rambis would have no say in the Lakers organization if not for his relationship with Linda. And Kurt Rambis having say over an NBA organization in 2022 is not something that should be a thing based on his prior uh, failings at, at every stop that he's been a part of when he wasn't an assistant coach to Phil Jackson. And how much uh, how much credit do you give Kurt Rambis for the 2020 title? I know that's been like a big discussion on Lakers Twitter with Rob. Like, does Kurt, should Kurt get an extension? I mean, it, I guess you can't extend a lifetime contract. Yeah, I, I, he's he he is now signed into the afterlife. Um, yes, uh, him and but, LeBron lifetime deals with their uh, with their biggest employer. Given that given that Kurt's uh, input reportedly was yelling at Frank Vogel that he needed to play DeAndre Jordan more. I'm, I don't know that I'm willing to give much credit there to, to Kurt Rambis, but yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure that was accurate, but <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, I think here with, with, with Jeannie, when she says, I don't know why people are so fascinated by this. I think like, what did you expect? Jeannie? The team's not doing well. They want the team to do well. They want to know like who is making decisions that are making their favorite team bad. Yeah, like when 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 it'd be one thing if if the Lakers were good, Harrison. If the Lakers, no one like, would care. Not I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be spending any time on this. Well, if no, anything, you're a process guy, so you'd still be like, well, you know, could the Lakers get a better GM than the one that just won us three titles? You know, like <laughs> like I don't think Kurt I would. Rambis is on a four-title streak, but you know Masai Ujiri. I think the Lakers it might be time to upgrade at the general manager position. I, I don't think so, but look, you know me as about as well as anybody in this industry does. So maybe, I, maybe I would be be that kind you would of find annoying. something. I would. No, that's for sure. I would find some. Yeah. I just don't know that I would be firing a three-time back-to-back-to-back champion. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but but like the Lakers. Yes, they won a championship, a championship. They won a championship with a with a an all time duo in LeBron and AD. Um, the Lakers, though, over the course of their existence, won championship with that caliber a duo has never been enough. Shaq and Magic won their five titles. Kobe and Shaq won their three. Kobe and Powell won their two. And, and in those years that they weren't, didn't win actual championships, it's not like Sh- Magic and Kareem, it, when, when they didn't win championships, were out of the playoff picture. It's, a, it's not like when Kobe and Shaq fell short of a championship, they were 
fighting for an eight seed. Yeah. Kobe and Kobe and Powell when they didn't well, really fighting for a ten seed. Right. Well, no. You know, I, like, yeah. Like. Yeah. It, when Co- when Kobe and Powell didn't win in their first year together, they lost to a Boston Celtics team that helped kind of change the way that basketball is played nowadays, you know, with the big three era. So yeah, when, 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 when Jeannie says like, why do people care so much? Why? I don't understand why there's this fascination in her inner circle. It's because this inner circle is responsible for some of the most frustrating seasons that Lakers fans have had to go through. (laughs) It's really that simple. And also, you know, I I understand why she is defensive about this. These are her friends. Like, these are people who she, like, on a personal level, probably wants to do well and is tired of being questioned about them. And especially when so often, like, you know, if you and I get it in our mentions, I can only imagine what hers look like when, you know, this kind of stuff happens. Every time she tweets, her mentions are a tire fire. That's what I mean. Like the amount of sexism that she probably like yeah. sees over this could lead one to think that like this is mostly like a, you know, sexism, you know, prejudice feel fueled issue type of thing. But, you know, just the idea that no one asks questions about other owners like inner circles is also just patently false. Yeah. I, I do agree that she probably gets more of it than other owners at times, but like how many exposés has ESPN done on like Harala Bob, the shadow GM with Mark Cuban, you know, yeah. and like the Donnie Nelson powers. Like we just, this was like a summer ago, basically You're where, right. you know, they were big, you know, on the, like the shadow cabal running the ma- the Mavericks, whatever. The, the reason people aren't asking that many, I mean, number one, people have asked questions about the Warriors inner circle, like with Kirk Lakeup and Alan mm-hmm. Smilagich and, you know, like, uh, like pushing the draft <laughs> and yeah. some of the, like the potential new Jim bus, uh, g- growing power in the yeah. bay. Let's ask. Let's um, ask Brady, who does, uh, you know, Unstoppable Baby, like, like it, it, Golden, State, Golden of State of Mind. Yeah. Um, let, let's ask Brady if nobody is ever asking him about Kirk Lacob. Let's just see. Uh, I'm see sure, what he says. Yeah, I, that feels unlikely. Um, you know, <laughs> that no one is asking about that. But also, you know, like no one's asking questions. Like, not that many people are asking questions about the people Joe Lacob is empowered because he's won like nine titles in the last seven years. You know, <laughs> right. it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I in it's like it's like what what are they like it's like five in the last seven actually or something right. like that. Well, and and I wrote about it for Silver Screen and Roll, but like the nepotism that goes on on NFL sidelines, like Mick, Mike Zimmer, right? His uh, son was in line to become the defensive coordinator. He got fired. Mike Zimmer did because they kept falling short of expectations, partially because his son was in line without deserving it to become the defensive coordinator, and and like. It, in in cases where nepotism holds an organization back and gets held accountable for that, fans are cool with it because people who are responsible for bad jobs should not continue those bad jobs. But in a case like Bill Belichick, his son is you're a complete psychopath for one it, thing. Intense man, you know. <laughs> yeah, but like he's on he's on those sidelines there in New England, and people don't care about it as much. Because it's Bill effing Belichick. Like Bill, like Bill Belichick is kind of beyond question here. And this idea that because Rob Palenka has won one championship, that that makes him beyond question here is asinine to me. Like that, that if, if that's the case, if one championship is the bar here, that from that point on, you cannot be questioned, 
then Rob wouldn't have this job in the first place. Mitch has twice yeah. as many championships. No, <laughs> not, Mitch has several, well, not, several well, times not, more. Not even counting, I'm I, but I mean, like, as the GM, right? Because he wasn't the I, GM. I he was the GM for the second two of the three, Pete, because Jerry West stepped down, didn't he? I may be mixing up the timing mm. on that, but Jerry West I, stepped down at some point during the three, Pete era. Either and, way, like, we know he is at least double, right? Because yeah. of the because of the Kobe Powell uh, championships. So if if it was just about championships, then Mitch wouldn't have been fired in the first place, right? And and like this. This is a point I probably should have made in that in that in that article is that like Jeannie is is loyal, fiercely loyal to the people who are fiercely loyal to her. But no matter how talented you might be, if you wrong her in any way, you're shown the door, right? Jerry West shown the door and will never be with the Lakers organization ever again. Not only was he shown the door, but Ryan West reportedly was given all kinds of shit. Like after he st stuck around beyond Mitch uh, Kupchak's tenure, right? And and so like, it what matters here, ap apparently, to Jeannie is loyalty to her above caliber of work that you're doing. And that's why people care. People care because what we want is a meritocracy. What fans want is something that helps their team be good. If Rob Polinka was good at this, I would be over the moon because it would be a really great story. Kobe's old uh, agent and somebody who had, you know, remained loyal to the franchise um, even after his best friend's passing, right? The, the, the representation of his best friend there in winning that championship was incredible. But in the seasons that he didn't win a championship, the Lakers have been flat out bad and, and flat out bad for, for similar reasons over and over and over again. And for my position, I do have questions about what leads him to getting an extension. Harrison, Jeannie at the end of that clip says that Rob was given that extension right after the season. So right after last year ended, right after the Lakers- She's like, look, Rob, I don't want you to worry about your, the hot seat getting warm. Yeah, well, like as at right after that season ends, as the Lakers are leaking to Woj minutes after their last game ends that Frank Vogel is going to be fired, Jeannie Buss is apparently writing up a contract for Rob Polinka, the person responsible for putting Frank Vogel in that unwinnable situation in the first place. And again, if the decisions were were decent, if the if the results were there consistently, I wouldn't care. The process wouldn't matter because the results are enough. But in this case, as the results have been questionable, and, and by the way, as Jeannie is saying that she is the one responsible for this stuff, she is the one who has to be held accountable. Jeannie, you're getting held accountable by that line of questioning. So every time you answer that question in the way that you do, you're, you're showing that you don't actually want to be held accountable. Like that, that, that's, that's what that sounds like. And, and look, I'm rooting, for, I'm rooting like hell for Jeannie. I've said this story a, a bunch of times on this show that when uh, Dr. Bus died, Magic Johnson stood up there with tears in his eyes and he looked at Jeannie specifically, ironically, not Jim, Jeannie. He looked at Jeannie specifically and said, Jeannie, we want you guys to make this work. We as a city want the Lakers to be great because the Bus family carries on Jim Bus's uh, legacy, right? Gary. What'd I say? You said Jim. Carrying on <laughs> yeah. Jim Bus's legacy would be well, very different. <laughs> Well, Jeannie is. Jeannie is carrying on Jim Buss's legacy. Stop it. <laughs> but, but too but, far. There is no chance. Good point. Um, 
but like, <laughs> but I, I, I am rooting. I look, I, I do care personally that Jeannie Buss seems like an altogether decent human being. That's another part of this that makes it really difficult to criticize her is because by every possible account, everybody who talks to her says she is special in her ability to be decent, which I've never heard a bad Jeannie story. But given given what's going on with Dan Snyder, given what we've heard about uh, Robert Sarver, what we've heard about Donald Sterling, what we've what we've heard about any number of these billionaires who are you know inherently unethical to have that many resources at a time where people are legitimately wondering when they're going to get their next meal, like of course I want Jeannie to be good at this, but what I care more about Jeannie being good at this is the Lakers being good. What, what fans care about care more about here than than Jeannie or the bus family being successful is that the Lakers are good so when she says I can't believe where this fascination is coming from the fascination is coming from the lack of results man that's it it's not it's really not complicated I feel better yeah no I, I agree like this is this is the accountability like you know I, I think that's probably the best point that you've made in this entire discussion like it's just like this is like you can't say that you want accountability and then when people are like you know and, and again like you can not like it when people you know are doing it in like a horrific like horrible prejudiced way Absolutely. or whatever obviously that's not okay mm -hmm. but when people are just like asking about your and it's like hey you know the team the team's been kind of bad. Like who's, who's sort of like, what's going on there? Or, uh, right. you know, you're, you're extending the GM who made that, like that's accountability, you know, right. that's, that's asking a question about something that is at the very least, whatever you think of Rob, I I'm not sure that anyone can say that it is indefensible to ask a question about why he's getting an extension right now, or apparently yeah. right after the season, right. The season had just but ended. Worry, like... Scott, again, Anthony, the real issue has been solved. Genie, and as you can hear at the I don't think you played it to the end of that clip on uh on the podcast, but uh, you know, at the end of that clip, you know, the Lakers they're they're launching an internal investigation into the real problem here, which is who leaked the Rob Palinka extension. So, you know, <laughs> just like the Warriors, they're on the case, they're solving the real issue here. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 been hilarious. They want to, to be watch. held accountable, they just don't want you to have all the information to hold them accountable. Right. They want to be transparent, but they get angry at transparent. Not that transparency. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else that we were going to talk about here? We talked about the guards. We talked about Rob. We talked about Jeannie. I think we're good. Do you have a misfortune? Yeah. No. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I got one. So on the heels <laughs> of I. So to give to give you a window on how much this week has sucked, I had a different misfortune that I am tabling uh, because I had a new one pop up uh, throughout the course of this week. <laughs> a double this misfortune. Like after I texted you earlier this week, and I'm like, okay, I got a misfortune for you. I'm ready to go for this week. Um, so I, you know, this is I don't think this is quite on the level of you screaming repeatedly at Aaron. My daughter is pooping in my dog's crate, uh, but <laughs> it is pretty close, and. <laughs> So, you know, my cat and I, uh, Sasha, named after uh, the great Sasha Vujicic, uh, mm -hmm. he and I have what I would say is generally a, like, a tepid piece. You know, if I leave him alone, he Patrick leaves me Beverly alone. Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, a little bit, like U.S. Russia, a little bit. You know, it's <laughs> just like... We have deterrence for each other. I have the spray bottle. He has his claws. You know, yeah. it's just like... You didn't declaw no, that's hor that's horrible. That's inhumane. You don't we don't do that anymore. Oh. 
Yeah, no, people don't do that anymore. You should really. Yeah, I mean, maybe in Texas, but like not. Look, yeah. In but... fairness to me, if if you guys are angry at me for having uh, had cats who were declawed, they were declawed way before I became part of the picture. Yeah, way before. And you you can actually get little uh, little mittens for them now for their little caps for their claws apparently. But we didn't do that because you know he looked stupid and he probably would hate them and find some way to rebel against us. Um, But, and he's not, honestly, he doesn't scratch that much other than, you know, you mentioned the story about your bed, different Sasha story. The reason that we cannot have a bed frame is because when we do, he tries to claw his way through the, uh, the box spring to like nest under there. And it broke one of the boards so that like the bed curves in, in the middle, you know, we let him do that. Yeah. (laughs) I love him. He's the worst cat on the planet. And so, Every single day, <laughs> Sasha, when I wake up, is number one, immediately try to sneak into the bedroom to go like get in Mia's face and like check on her and whatever. I have to like usher him out, whatever. He's not happy about that, but he wants to beg me for food. So the entire way up the stairs, the entire way, you know, into, you know, like our kitchen area where his food bowl is, he is in lockstep with me, trying to put himself directly underneath my feet to make sure that I'm aware that he is there. So I can move about like, you know, like half a mile an hour because I'm trying not to step on an angry cat with claws. Um, And like, he's, you know, he's really just trying to box me out, get me to where he wants. And one of the things that he wants is not just food, but he wants uh, tub water. I don't know, you've had a cat. Like, was your cat into like getting, you know, like dripping like water from the sink or something like that? Uh, no, she hated water. Sasha is like drug level addicted to tub water, like starting the tub a little bit, just like on like a little drip. And like, that's how he wants to get all of his water. So me, I'm like, I'm tired of how does he get get up? How does he get to the water without falling into the tub? No, well, it's literally like at like a trickle. So. Right. But it's coming out of a nozzle, which is always in the middle, especially if you're renting an apartment. Right. So like, it's always, it's it's on the edge. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But anyway, he he begs for this every single morning. Every single time I get up from my desk chair, he gets in my way. I'm just, like, tired of it. I'm tired of almost stepping on him, of getting clawed because I walk past him too fast, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on Amazon. I'm going to buy a water pump that uh, they have these little bowls that are, like, constant flowing water or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give him exactly what he wants, access to it all day, Whatever, get it yeah, out. Have, you, set have it up. you seen these like cat fountains? They have cat fountain, cat fountains. It looked pretty cool. Yes, that's what I bought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you so, get it? He just, he's not a fan. Set it up. He has no interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> I put him in front of it a million times. We've left it out for days. Does not care. He will sit and like stare at me while I'm standing next to the cat fountain and screech at me about this. And tub I'm water. like, okay, so I'm going to train him to go to this. Like he's going to discover it because I'm going to stop giving him the tub water. Yeah. Uh, he decided to respond to that by peeing all over our bath mat uh, this morning. <laughs> And like, you know, now we're just in a war at this point. You know, I'm like, I'm in an actual, you know, like I am, I am at war with a member of my own household. And we we now, we now go to Sasha for comment on uh, how he felt about you guys getting him a cat fountain. I am a person that believes in second chances. I think America is the land of second chances, except for when it comes to this dude, Mr. Jabba the Hutt, you fat, slovenly, no good, lazy. He, yeah anyway so i am i'm at war with my cat that is my misfortune and like i'm i'm just waiting for him to escalate at this point like he's oh, gonna, oh he's, like, he's back he hasn't he has another comment apparently i think that we should consider having them arrested 
so yeah, I, I've had quite the week of just like my cat, just angry that I'm not giving him something that I have set up an entire fountain for. So I don't know if anyone's like cat behavior expert, tweet at me if you got tips. Cause what's funny, I am at my wits end. What's funny is that like, you know, you say that you guys are like us Russia, right. And, and there's a standoff, but cat urine is chemical warfare, man. That stuff stinks. Like yeah, I, it's, uh, well, it is yeah, so much worse a new than map map. Um, so. <laughs> you can't wash that out. No, it's just, you, it, you cannot, it is. It, and, and like, it like seeps into the walls. Your bathroom is just, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's hilarious. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I just love the idea that he just like, all right, fine. You keep on messing with that stupid fountain over there. Here, take this. Yeah. No, this is how he escalates when he's not happy with us over. Something, so what are you thinking somewhere. about doing? What are you thinking about doing to like, either de-escalate or, or further escalate the situation. You know, I, I, I have not come up with, uh, you know, with an action plan yet. This is, you know, again, like dropped in my lap right before work. Uh, thankfully not literally. Um, yeah. but yeah, he might've, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, we're, you and I are both going through it with body training this week. Uh, mine is with like a almost like probably like 12 ish year old cat at this point, And yours yeah. is with a three-year-old child who thinks she's a dog. She is the worst. Yeah. Just the absolute best and worst at all times. She's just. That's how I feel about she... my beautiful boy. He, uh, he's, he's an adorable cat. He uh, just, uh, I think, hates me like 90% of the time. The way Unless that, he wants something. The way that like a toddler or like, cause you know, really toddlers, drunk adults, pets, you know, cat, pets, pets, cats slash dogs, like, they are all roughly the same, essentially. Uh, you know, same things that you have to be worried about. It's, you know, same things you have to do to keep them safe. They're all very similar. And they are all so capable of oscillating so regularly between you're amazing, you're hilarious, you're all of these things to, oh my God, you were sent to this planet to make my life worse. Uh, it's That's pretty spectacular. It's like you and Rob Palinka from 2020 to now, you know, it's just like, you're amazing. You brought me this wonderful title during a tough year. Yeah. And then, and then you, you pissed you on my bath the... mat. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers lounge. Uh, Aaron and I will be back to fight again tomorrow over a lot of the same stuff. So if you enjoyed I'm, the last, I'm psyched for that one. I'm ready to listen. <laughs> if you, if you enjoyed last episode when Aaron and I got about as heated with each other as we ever have about anything, um, there's more of that. Tomorrow. So, so look for that on this feed that you can find everywhere that you get podcasts. So until that time, I'm Anthony Irwin. That is Harrison Fagan. And this was the Lakers. Lounge.